What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Welcome back to House Wrestling, everybody. It's me, Nick Hausman. Drop your shoes at the door. Drop your hat, your coat on the coat rack over here. If you want to throw something on the, the kitchen table or my brand new, beautiful entertainment uh, piece. It's like the entertainment centerpiece in the House of Wrestling. That's over there underneath the TV. We could talk about that later. But hey, over by the fireplace, sitting here today in the living room, my very good friend, someone I've been uh, had the pleasure of covering, covering pro wrestling alongside for many years now. It is Ross W. Berman. Ross, thank you so much for taking the time to stop by House of Wrestling today. Thank you for having me, man. I'm glad to be back. Glad to be uh, glad to be podcasting with you again once once more. Oh man, yeah. I don't want to go down. I don't want to tell the whole story that I told you before the show. But I have a new beautiful this is a this is for real like i have a beautiful new wooden entertainment center that i got absolutely for free this morning i have no idea how this came together over the moon anyway you should all just know that it's it's how i i spent an hour like sweating and moving this thing around this morning the house of wrestling very well decorated today can't um, confirm it's in great shape ross saw a photo man like it's really nice um and of course he's sitting here uh duh obviously he can see it like all of us yeah. um Pee-wee's Playhouse style here. So we're going to get to the... we got some big news, obviously. Pro wrestling news we're going to talk about here today. We're also going to go back. We're going to talk a little bit about the trial that uh, Punk and Cabana had against WWE's Dr. Chris Amon. Uh, so we'll talk a little bit about that as well, just as a kind of retrospective, put a little color on what's going on here with the big news today. Uh, but if you are watching us right now in Technicolor video form, you are watching us on the Premier Streaming Network. Tuesday, Thursday, noon Eastern. Come on over. Sign up for Premier Plus. It's watchonpremier.com. You can become a Premier Plus member, and you can watch this first run every Tuesday, Thursday, noon Eastern. It's me, Cavalcade, top names from the pro wrestling journalism business, sometimes more, always great, Premier Streaming Network. Come check it out. Also, also, it is June 1st, which means it is Pride Month, and Ross you're you're in chicago like me this mm -hmm. is the this is my favorite time of the year in chicago happy pride to everybody oh happy happy pride to everyone in chicago everyone outside of chicago it's a it's a wonderful time summer is here summer is here everybody uh and uh lastly house of wrestling we got our podcast feed it is bumping it is thumping it is great it is good it has got this show in audio form after it uh, airs on premiere it's got all the uh, audio from my Inside the Ropes exclusive interviews. I just had one with Medusa that I dropped on the feed yesterday. That one, that is not uh, necessarily a lighthearted listen. That is a that is a very, that is a, that's a rough one. But it's very informative. So I obviously encourage you to go check it out. We'll have Blue Meanie on tomorrow, a little bit lighter. Uh, if you like the podcast feed, please remember to subscribe and, of course, leave a review. That is really the fuel in the tank of the podcast engine. Um, all right, Ross, let's get to the news. Hell yeah. AEW. -E so Tony Khan. Oh, no, let's let's stick to what you've been promoting. How much how much time do you want to spend on Tony's hat? Um, no, let's let's move on from the hat because you Tony's, think so? You yeah, got bigger no, news? 
It's a, it's a big hat. It's a funny hat. The logo kind of looks like the Arby's logo. I think that's all the riffs I had uh, on it. But uh, right. yeah, it's a, it's a nice hat. It, it's for a good cause. Big hat, funny hat. Love big the hat. funny hat. There you go. All right. So Tony comes out. Sans hat, by the way. No good. Bring back the hat. All hat all the time. Yeah, I so, mean, it, it's it's for a good cause. It's raising money for the Owen Hart Foundation. Like, come on, get get that hat out there at every time possible. Well, he's not wearing the hat here. He's all business Tony Khan here today. Cut to the back. The announcement was made earlier in the day. There was going to be this announcement on the show. And here comes the announcement. CM Punk is going to be a part of AEW Collision. He's going to be there June 17th, the United Center. Um, a lot of I, – I was expecting that they were going to – do what they did with the, the first dance, which was like not announce him, just like make it the worst kept secret in wrestling. Why do you think they did this, Ross? I think they did this because uh, ticket sales at the United Center haven't been great. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's still it's still a lot of a lot of tickets sold, but the ticket sales for the United Center for uh, Collision did not seem to be what they were for that initial rampage, the first dance when everyone knew CM Punk was coming back. This is the same situation. Everyone, up until Tony Khan's announcement, it felt like everyone knew that CM Punk was coming back. We knew that this was going to be, there was going to be some kind of announcement about it, but the ticket sales weren't, they didn't seem to be moving at the same clip that they were that first time. I mean, there was a lot of talk on the internet about how, you know, The Cure and other bands uh, have have been doing better than AEW at the United Center. And so I'm hoping, hoping the CM Punk announcement pushes them over the edge but yeah that's that's my guess is they just can't afford to keep it a secret this time you know i'm i also think it has to do with the tickets a lot of people have pointed that out um i don't know if it helps with ticket sales though right i think you in real time got to kind of see why the ticket sales are the way they are because when they announced punk when he announced mm-hmm. punk it was like the weirdest reaction i've ever yep. heard from an audience it was like a magic eye right you like mm-hmm. either saw you either heard a lot of cheers or you or you heard some booze it was it was genuinely a mix yep. uh reaction I, I don't know how else to put it right oh no it was it was it it started as cheers and then the booze kind of took it over and so it's it was a personally if i'm in the business of booking cm punk i'd be happy with that reaction because like it's never gonna be that first dance ever again you're not gonna get that giant pot you're not gonna get that united cheer uh, from fans in the United Center, and so, oh man, to steal to steal that old phrase from Eric Bischoff, if CM Punk is creating controversy, controversy is going to create some cash. And so, like, I would say, feed into the fact that like some people hate him, some people love him, but don't don't let people be on the same side about him. Yeah, I I mean, there's like kind of like like a John Cena vibe there, I guess. It's just I don't know. I, I was very surprised that that I was kind of surprised, but. It, you pointed, you made a good point where it's like it did start as cheers and then it mm-hmm. kind of became booze. And I think there was like once people realized it was OK to boo, there was like more people that wanted to boo. So I, this is uh, I don't know. I don't I don't know if this vi- I don't know. if this, I don't know. If the vibe is weird right now for me, honestly, going into this show. Well, and don't forget where they announced it. They announced CM Punk is coming back in San Diego, California, at Southern California. Yeah. This is kind. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say it's completely the elite territory, but, but it, it is kind of like it's kind of like announcing announcing Punk in his enemy territory, for lack of a better term. That is a good point. I hadn't even. Yeah, that's their backyard, man. Mm-hmm. Man, yeah. See, that's why it's like I don't know that I would have announced it because everybody knew he was going to be there anyway. 
right? Like, I don't think you, I think the people that knew he was going to be there already bought their tickets. I don't think you find any new ticket buyers by throwing him out there like this. I, I mean, I, I could be wrong. I could go. I think you do. I think you get some of those people that, for lack of a better term, are kind of sick of the the game that everyone's playing about CM Punk, where it's like, is he there? Is he not there? We've been through weeks of, oh, they sent him letters, and maybe Punk is maybe Punk and Tony Khan are on the outs, and there's been so much controversy that I do think finally lampshading it and being like, no, no, he's actually going to be there is going to move some people that are like, all right, fine, if I'm actually going to see CM Punk, you're not jerking me around, and this isn't some kind of, you know, will he, won't, won't he? If he's actually going to be there, then I'll go. Then I'll, I'll, I'll give up my Saturday night. So that's okay. the other problem. It's a Saturday night. It's not like they're just selling tickets to a Wednesday uh, Wednesday show. They got they got to make this a Saturday primetime event. And so I, th- I think, you know, as much juice as possible. I mean, look, Tony sold me on it on the media call where he's like, look, it should be easier to sell tickets on a Saturday, right? Like you got the day off. You can make plans. You can go out like. But, you know, again, there's more competition on Saturday nights too, for, for what people want to do. So it is mm-hmm. half of one, two dozen of another there. Yeah. I think it's easier to sell tickets on a Saturday night than it is to get TV ratings on a Saturday night. And so it's, it's two very different audiences, I think, cause you're gonna It's uh, like, I think it'll do fine ticket wise. We'll see how those, those ratings go. Once people realize they have to give up their Saturday nights. Um, well, one guy who uh, wants to get in on this is Kenta. Apparently, mm-hmm. he uh, he he wants to. Is it? He does this all the time, right? Isn't Kenta just constantly gunning for this match with Punk? Does he actually like hate Punk or no? I don't. I don't know if Kenta actually hates Punk, but it definitely feels like both of them know that there is money in the fact that no one's ever done GTS versus GTS. Because like that's the whole thing, right? Kenta's like, oh man, I'm so mad that CM Punk made my finisher uh, like twice as famous or whatever. And so now it's like they, there is this there is this animosity that I think could could pay off. We got Forbidden Door coming up. Kenta's got I believe he's got a title that he can he can defend like there. I don't know. I, I feel like this is a match that should happen at some point or else it's going to make everyone kind of look bad because like we are kind of getting in crap or get off the pot territory with these two they've been teasing it for for years hey forbidden door is not too far away right yeah. you know i don't know if collisions you could maybe start it up there but samoa joe was doing some interview the other day where he was already like hey if you're in chicago roll up man you know whoever mm-hmm. you are if you want to come here so i i don't know that feels like the direction they're gonna go i think i think joe and punk out the gate but who knows i i just again i think that the, the vibe the tone i think you're right about it being at san diego like why would you do that Again, maybe your pushy ticket sales here. It just it doesn't feel like a hundred. It doesn't feel like as strong a start to Punk's well, return as I was maybe expecting in this situation. Well, and I think part of the problem is like Punk's Punk's return isn't as unique as his debut was because Collision isn't just a show about Punk, right? You got Miro coming back. You got Thunder Rosa coming back. You got uh, Andrade. It's like it's like even being the the problem child of uh, AEW isn't something unique to punk right now. And so that also keeps it from feeling as big as it should. Because, like, I'm excited for AEW Collision, but not specifically for punk. I'm excited for the entire group of, like, colorful personalities that haven't been able to be backstage. You know, it's the AEW penal colony. Yes. And so it's Australia, right? But, it's, it's yeah. Toilets it, go backwards in the in the locker room. But at the end of the day, it's it's 
because there's so many other colorful personalities around punk, it doesn't it doesn't make me go, oh, I'm watching this for CM Punk. I'm watching this for the drama. I'm watching this for whatever, you know, kind of circus could come up from it. And so I, I think that's also part of what's kind of holding it back is that, again, they don't have, Punk doesn't have the uniqueness, I think, that he had the first time it it is it is it is different right like mm-hmm. the, he'd been away for so many years right he came back it was all pot this is it's different you're like having to work him back in these first mm-hmm. few steps are going to be so important here right now uh to dictate the pace because i i would guess the show on the 17th does very big rating right i i would think so right i i probably it's it it the first uh the first rampage did great yeah. So, like, I I would assume that this will be the event. It's not the first collision I'm worried about. It's the third collision. Yeah. It's the fourth and fifth. I mean, like like I said, Rampage did great that debut. Where is Rampage right now? And so that's that is I think the other thing that's in the back of fans' minds is AEW knows how to begin things. Do they know how to continue things? Well, and I, I think that you you the penal colony as you called it mm-hmm. this this is a group of people that all know how to tell really good stories they're all very talented professional wrestlers they, and they've all got a chip on their shoulder right now yep. and that's why i'm most excited to to kind of check out collision because if there is still kind of this real animus between you know these shows we could be getting some banger content here not not uh, a lot sooner than later absolutely and that's what wrestling's supposed to be about it's supposed to be about the guys that like you're not always that sure of it's guys like eddie kingston it's guys like mira it's it's you know the the it's people like thunder rosa it's a show of ass kickers and so like even, even if my fr- saturday night's not going to be free my sunday morning's going to be free like it's it's a big big dvr potential on this bad boy all right well we i did tease we talked a little bit about the trial here so obviously uh if you don't know uh it was a couple what year when did this go down when was this the trial? Was 2018 2018 2018 2018 five years ago holy god feeling old five years ago i get a call from frank the clown and oh it was frank the clown did you not know that i did not know that part no so we we were not there the first day of the trial Mm -hmm. uh we uh, i showed up on the second day because uh the night before frank the clown called me and was like dude why aren't you covering this? This is the biggest pro wrestling trial of the century, and it's in your backyard. You can go take a bus to get there. And I was like, fair point. I was kind of <laughs> drunk. And so I have I had never covered a trial. I had never been in a courtroom. And I did not know how any of this worked. And so I just put on a suit, and I went downtown, and I showed up, and I got I put through the metal detectors, and I'm going to do my best to recall how this went out went down because I, I showed up and I said, I'm, I'm press. And all of a sudden the judge judges have a lot more power. Like that's their space. I, I learned this pretty quick. The judge, it was like an issue. She's like, well, I didn't know press would be here. How do we handle this? And I'm like, I don't know. How, how do we handle this? And so like, there's no, you can't use a laptop. You can't use your cell phone. You can only use pen and paper. You can take notes. You can watch. You can't say anything. And you have to be there the whole time. And it is hours a day. It's like eight, ten hours a day in this courtroom. So I went the first day, took all these notes. This thing starts blowing up, our, the coverage of this thing. And uh, for those of you that don't know what this this court case was about, uh, Colt Cabana and Punk, Scott Colton and Phil Brooks, were sued by WWE's 
in-house doctor Chris Amon because of this infamous podcast where Punk alleged like malpractice basically by Amon, right? Well, yeah, he had a he had a staph infection on his uh, lower back, and he was worried about it. Uh, it was, he was worried about getting serious. I mean, hell, to, to kind of tie it into the recent Dark Side of the Ring um, premiere that just happened last week. He, he Punk has cited what happened to Chris Candido as one of the reasons that he was so scared of the staph infection. Um, and but he and he he vented his frustrations with WWE's medical staff on that infamous Art of Wrestling podcast that came out uh, Thanksgiving. I want to say twenty. Now we weren't we weren't in the room, but we couldn't see it because it's a podcast. But I. We can't rule out that he was eating muffins at the time while he was doing the podcast with Cabana, right? No, I mean, I mean, technically, no. Technically, awesome. technically, no one can can rule that out except for Punk and Cabana themselves. What a weird thing, by the way, as we're reflecting on this. What a weird thing that, like, this first instance that resulted in everything was like him and Cabana like working together, and then mm-hmm. this other thing is absolutely about them on opposite sides of the spectrum just for some clarity there. So anyway, so Punk gets Punk and Cabana gets sued by Aman mm. and Aman is like, "Hey, you guys you smeared me." And we go into this trial then. Now, I could not be there every day cuz I was managing editor or executive editor at WrestleZone at the time. Mm. And so I enlisted Ross and you started going to the courtroom every day and taking very detailed notes. And I think I, I, I came back. I know I was there the last day. I don't yeah. know if I was there any other days. No, it was, it was just that last day you came back for okay. the, the verdict and everything. Yes. Um, but yeah, no, that was that, and that that was also right as uh, the 2018 Best of Super Juniors tournament was ending, and so I would literally finish up doing coverage for Super Juniors, put on my suit, and head down to the courthouse without any. I remember, dude, you were dogging it. You were working so you were working so hard. And like so the trial itself is fascinating because there's this thing called discovery Mm -hmm. and discovery. I I talk like this and everybody there's a lot of people that are like, yeah, Nick, we know what discovery is. I didn't know any of this. So I'm going to talk like somebody who never (laughs) doesn't know anything. So discovery is when you're getting ready for trial and you want to get evidence Mm-hmm. To use in the trial, God, I yep. sound like an idiot. You want to get evidence to use in the trial, and so you like subpoena uh, their cell phones, their emails, correspondence, and you can just—they have to freeze. They can't delete anything. You can just go through, pick things out, mm-hmm. and man, when you get it, like it, the pro wrestling world, so secretive. When you get to start seeing how these internal conversations go. Right. Like mm-hmm. it's so cavalier. You're looking at the text between punk and, and the doctors. You got Glenn Jacobs, Kane explaining how a Royal Rumble works like mm-hmm. in a deposition. It was it was interesting. Anything really pop out to you? Any grab you from um, what we learned? What I always I mean, first of all, the thing that will always stand out from that trial was when they had to show off the WWE uh, medical notes that they were uh taking or in the case of the evidence in this case this uh particular case not taking uh in the case of cm punk because they kept bringing up his medical records there's nothing on them they were just these <laughs> blank sheets of paper with like and it's like it's got the it's got the diagram of like the person's body so you can like draw arrows to where like stuff needs help or whatever it's just it's all blank it's just an entirely blank sheet of paper yeah um so i remember that and i also just i remember the props because it's like you said there's all this evidence that is involved in the trial and so like at one point 
they produced CM Punk's trunks. They produced CM Punk shorts. Like from oh, under, underneath the the desk, you have uh, lawyers just pulling out like these things. Like, are these the shorts you're talking about? Uh, were they like were they like blood on the shorts or something no. like that? Or what no, was it? No, the, the the short. The whole point of the shorts was there were two sets of shorts. Okay. One were the the trunks that Punk wore during the Rumble to kind of show that these would not be able to like compress. Uh, 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 a, and make make it appear like there's a staph infection. Like they wanted to show that they, they were just normal trunks. But then there was another pair. Uh, it was specifically because Colt Cabana was talking about how Punk had shown him the staph infection. He had shown him the lump that was on his back. And he was like, yeah, he was just, he was wearing shorts. And then Punk's lawyer just pulls out a pair of camo shorts. and like, were these the shorts that Punk was wearing at the time that you were having this conversation? Uh, and again, it's it like, They've got all this stuff under the desks. They really are just like pulling this stuff out like magicians half the time. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. yeah. And then I, I also remember uh, Amon's lawyer like juggling, practically juggling uh, balls at one point because he was like, was was it a softball? Was it a golf ball? How big was the staph infection? It was, it was, he, he actually had the physical, he had the physical like a ball for each different size. And I swear to God, I thought he was going to start juggling at one point. So all of these notes, you can find it. They still exist over at WrestleZone. Yep. So you can go find all this cover. There's so much in it. Like, there's so, so much. We should genuinely write a book about this trial at some point. Um, but uh, but the other side of this coin, obviously, was, like, this, like, known tension about Punk and Cabana, you know? And so you're, you're watching the trial play out, but you're also kind of watching them. So, like, to kind of give some, give some color, flavor, whatever... Tell me if this is right or wrong, but they started with the same lawyer. And at some point, Cabana had to get his own lawyer. And I believe that's what Punk was referencing in the infamous media scrum when he was talking about paying for legal fees and stuff and not knowing how much money Cabana had, not knowing there was this bank account that his mom was tied to. And I believe that's that's what the, that's why they had different lawyers. I believe that's what the schism was here. Yes, that all that all took place before the trial actually started. Correct. That's all, yeah, they showed up with different lawyers. Like there was stuff that happened during the prep yeah, for the trial. Because yes. by the time by the time I got there, they both had separate legal teams. Like I, I never I never actually witnessed Punk and Cabana having the same attorneys. They were always separate as long as as long as I was in the courtroom. Yeah. Um. And yeah. No. And none of that came out until after the 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 second trial. Well, I guess it didn't go to trial, but the second case between Punk and Cabana suing over legal fees. Yeah. Um, right. Because they were seated at different tables. Right. And I'll never forget at the very end of the trial, um, there was a moment where they're victorious, right, and everybody's walking around shaking hands. But I don't think Cabana and Punk exchanged any words. I did see, uh, AJ. Uh, his wife, right, <laughs> Mendez. Um, I did see her go over and hug Scott and just kind of like send, say something nice, and then go back to Punk. Um, so take that for what it's worth. Just trying to again give some insight here, kind of tie together all these situations. My favorite part of this, by the way, was watching all the jury members take selfies with Punk and Cabana afterwards. Yep. Oh my god, the jury was into it. They oh. they were having a blast. Um, oh man, and and I think Amon for and obviously Amon lost. Uh, spoiler yep. but i think the reason he lost is i think he asked i think his lawyer asked for too much like the closing argument when he's like trying to put a dollar figure on how much damage was done they're like well they did five million streams and don't you think a dollar per stream is correct and it was like 
five. They wanted they wanted to try to get Punk and Cabana on the hook for five or ten. I don't know if it was five apiece, I, but millions yeah. of dollars. The jury was just not having that, you know. But to be fair, even by that point, Amon's case had been hollowed out by the fact that I want. I, hell, I think it was the day you were there. They had Amon on the stand and were like, "Hey, so how did this affect your career?" And he's like, "Well, it didn't." Um, and that's like the, that, I want to say that was like the first or second day of testimony. And so the jury is already coming in there realizing that Amon maybe didn't have the, uh, uh, damage to his personal rep or to his professional reputation that maybe the, the case had stated, then you add the dollar figure onto that there. I, I'm not a lawyer, so I can't sit here and be like, oh yeah, no, uh, Amon definitely didn't have a case, yada, yada, yada. But like, it, it did feel like it did feel like the central tenant of their case got kind of knocked out pretty early. Well, and I think, and you know, it was never explicitly said to the best of my knowledge, but I, the vibe was very much that Amon was like kind of uh, being used by WWE to get at punk, right? Like he was, he was the, he was the person going after these guys and WWE was going to give him resources to do that was kind of the vibe. And mm -hmm. I, there was a gentleman on the last day. I'll never forget he was sitting in the in the room and we all broke and I, I went downstairs. I don't know what it was doing, but I saw him and I was like, oh, what are you doing here? And he's like, oh, I'm friends with the uh, the, the prosecution's team or, you know, the non-punk team. Yeah. I was like, oh, oh, he's like, yeah, I just I just wanted to check it out. The stories we get a lot of buzz in our circles. And so I just popped in. I was like, oh, do you know if they're getting paid by by WWE? Do you know if they're on, if that's the guy paying their, the, the one paying their bills? And he looks at me and he goes, I don't know maybe we'll find out in the courtroom and then he just like disappeared and i was like the, mm. the fuck was that that was like some that was some deep see throat the, stuff see the legal bagger vance he was yeah he took out a driver he was like oh, here man um so a lot of a lot of recollections there and i just just to kind of walk everybody through what kind of happened there because as we get into collision this story is still like going, right? Like it doesn't well, seem it's like the it's the inciting incident behind all of this, everything Dude. that's been going on. Cause like, I, I know you had talked about Punk and, and Cabana in the courtroom, but I never got a vibe from Punk and Cabana that there was anything rotten in Denmark, so to speak. Like no. they, they didn't seem to be overly friendly, but a trial is not a situation where people are, you know, chuckling up and you know having fun times and shooting the shit and so like i i never got the i never got the animosity vibe i didn't think they were the best of friends but i didn't think we would you know five years later be creating separate rosters and fighting backstage and biting people over this you know I, like it yeah I, well i think it was i think they were two guys caught in a foxhole Right. Yep. They 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 had to show solidarity. They had to present themselves as like we still look, we're good guys. We're not we're not savage carnies throwing knives in each other's backs, but they're professional entertainers, right? Mm -hmm. Like they pulled it off. Like they they made it look like okay, they were taking selfies, everybody gave me videos afterwards. Oh, look, we're all having a good time. And then they went their separate ways. I do know that uh, I do know that uh, they did not like when I went up and we were all waiting to find out what was gonna happen. And I went up to Punk Man. I was like, oh, you guys are nervous? And they looked and <laughs> they were not having that. They were like, why would you say that? Yeah. We're about, maybe you're going to lose $5 million. Why would you make that joke? Oh, it was bad. It was really bad. And I almost caused a mistrial, too, because. The, oh, with the, the can Is this the candy? candy? Oh, my yeah, God. So the jury leaves the room on the second day. 
uh, and everybody's just chilling. And Pug's got some candy on his desk, and he's like, anybody want some candy? And I'm like, I'll take some candy, and he throws me some candy. And I'm like, this is cool. And so I wrote in my notes, jury on break, Cabana, or Punk gave me some candy, and I put it on the internet. And the next day, apparently, the judge, I wasn't in the room for this, but the judge pulled Cabana and Punk to the side and was like, I cannot have this in the press. You cannot mm. be influencing the press with candy. I will call a mistrial on this. And I'm like, and then, yeah, like, I believe it was Punk that relayed me to that to me, where he was like, dude, you don't cause this mistrial. You can't do that. I was like, sorry, man. Yeah. Well, and, and to be fair, the judge did not want to be there. Like, she was just, no. she was fed up the entire, from, from the jump of just sort of the, at, like, she could see the pettiness of the uh, case, I feel like, and she could kind of see through it. And so she was, she was not like in, she was not in the mood to, to let this go well, and, on too long. Outside of the ramifications in AEW, there's precedent now for podcasters because of this particular verdict, right? Like, they were suing Punk for what he said and Cabana for providing the platform for what Punk said. The fact that they won mm -hmm. is probably going to deter people from going after uh, podcasters in the same way, knowing that it's, it's not going to be an easy case for them to win. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's a civil case, and so it does set a precedent that um, can be used in the future, but it is, it's... It's a very, it's a tricky situation. Uh, luckily, we live in America where the libel laws are a little, little more open than they are in some other countries. <laughs> um, shout out to, shout out to Great Britain. Um, but it's, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's tricky. It, 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 it should ideally make a safer environment for podcasters, but you know, we'll, yeah. we, we will always have to see. At the end of the day, the legal. Uh, the legal system is about money. It's not about uh, uh, precedent, and so oh, it's all it's it's a it's it's a it's a sticky wicket. Let's put it that way. Well, we'll see here how this continues to play out when Punk comes back. Uh, I had heard they were going to do Ring of Honor the same days as Collisions. I heard the tapings. That that is seems that I don't know. I'm not getting that vibe anymore. They're doing them down in Universal now because I that created an issue. Obviously, right? Like Cabana adamantly was moved to Ring of Honor because he's good for that brand. Right? You know. Cody yeah, said that many, many times. And now if he just wasn't there randomly, it would be very odd. So we'll see how this goes. All right. I don't, I don't know what they do with Ring of Honor. Let's, uh, I really don't. <laughs> Can we take a moment? I, I mentioned this to I, the, my Inside the Ropes interview with Blue Me um, briefly. Uh, but we were talking about ROH. And I was like, dude, did you see that? They got like 17 matches yeah. on the card last week. What is going on? What is that? I have no idea. I Personally, it's a very... Um, it's been a very alienating show for the past like couple weeks because it's just too much. It's just so much and none of it really uh, ROH fans are going to hate this, but none of it matters because we're not near a pay-per-view right now. And so like, it's just filler. It's just, it's just dark with red ring ropes. Um, and so like, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what they're doing. I'm glad everyone's getting reps. I'm sure some of it might have had to do with the fact that uh, Willow Nightingale won the New Japan Strong title, so they got to burn a bunch of her matches now, so that way they can, you know, put her in the position she's supposed to be at the next taping. But I don't, I don't know. There's, I, I've run out of ways to understand Ring of Honor at this point. Well, yeah, it is, it is, it's an interesting. I think it's very much. I think Tony Khan's like, we'll, we'll get back to Ring of Honor when we 
figure out collision, everybody. <laughs> well, and, and in, in this in this version, I think Ring of Honor makes a lot of sense. If you don't have Dark anymore and you don't have like PWG hasn't run since January, like you need some promotion where these independent guys can get their reps. And if it becomes a develop if 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 they just make Ring of Honor once again this independent promotion that is essentially a development for WWE, for AEW, for for New Japan, for all that, then it it fits the it's where Ring of Honor I think is supposed to be in the ecosystem, but we'll have we'll have to see. All right, well over on WWE, uh, we'll start with this note from Fightful here. Uh, Vince McMahon now operating remotely, right? Yep. He's he's, he's like in a- full Howard Hughes mode. He's he's got the video screens. He's off in his bunker at this point. It sounds like him and Ace Steel, right? <laughs> right, just working remote. So. Uh, Vince is now working remotely. Uh, the whole, the, the, the raw after mania was total mess. It was total mm-hmm. chaos. Right. And he realized I, I can't be here. This is bad for the business. Maybe he didn't realize it, but I'm sure others did and did not like the vibe. Mm-hmm. So he's re- acting remotely. And this past Monday night on raw SmackDown star, AJ Styles came out, had a segment with Rollins to start the show, had a segment to end the show with Rollins, the tag match against judgment day. A lot of people rolled their eyes. Because they were like, we just had a draft, yep. right? Even AJ acknowledged, like, I don't know what I'm doing here, right? <laughs> God, I love that man. And uh, Vince McMahon uh, was the one, apparently, to remotely make the call to have AJ on the show and be a part of it. The rest of the show was fine. Does mm-hmm. it bug you that they're not? They're, does, the, does the way that there's so much weirdness after the draft, you got champions that don't even represent their brand. Like, is it bugging you or no? No, but for a very cynical reason. And that's because WWE just completed a merger with the UFC. And so we're in this kind of like lame duck session of WWE where Hmm. technically the show has to keep going, but the company is going to look so different in the next like six months that I don't know how you actually maintain continuity right now like right now you just got to keep the show moving and get get to the end of this merger and i think that's i think that's distracting a lot of people because it's like you said the show's a mess but as long as the company's making as much money as they are right now does that matter does it need to be the best show it can be or does it just you know they just need to get from a to b and that's kind of what i'm seeing in w is like especially post wrestlemania is just a lot of a to b booking of like all right Cody lost. We need Cody to win. Cody won. Let's, I don't know, extend the Brock thing a little bit longer, three matches out of it. Like it, it doesn't, I don't feel the, the long-term plan right now. And so I, I think they're just throwing stuff at the wall, whether it works with the roster or not. Are you, do you think it'll be different after the merger is done? Are you expecting, so what do you think is going to happen after the merger? What do you, what do you, I think, A, you're going to see a lot of WWE talent get cut because they're going to be trying to maximize their investment. I think you're going to see a lot of turnover backstage just because, you. Uh, yes, Ari Emanuel has said that he wants Vince to be running the company and, and WWE is going to maintain some kind of a, autonomy, but... I I really wouldn't be surprised if if some UFC guys get in there or if some WWE guys head over to UFC. Like it's hmm. it, it's too it's it's not even WWE anymore. It's TKO Holdings Group, and right. so like when you when you factor in all of the context of that merger, it's impossible to 
look at WWE and be like, oh yeah, this is good. This is all going to be the same in a year. Whatever they've got planned right now is absolutely going to be the same when they they get down down the road. Uh, it's it it's there's an old bright eyes lyric about if you want to see the future, look into a cloud. And WWE is the cloud right now. Like you, I. I think you are the Anything first person happened. to ever. I think you are the first person to ever drop a bright eyes lyric on the show. By the way, so I, I try. <laughs> I I think it's a very. I think it's a very smart observation that you have because you know one of the things a lot of people were expecting here uh, coming out coming out of Mania were were cuts and and we were hearing, mm-hmm. oh they're going to try to strip down people in in departments because we're getting ready for the merge and you're saying they're not going to do that until the merge right like they're well, not going to go in and and start moving everything around until they know they own the thing. Right. There's no real well, no, reason to do yeah, any dramatic cuts right now. And that's what I'm saying is like, they, they still have a lot of ink to dry and a lot of paperwork to kind of finalize with that merger. And so I'm sure there are some promises being made right now. I'm sure there are some, some internal stuff that's like happening, but so much of it is going to be focused on the business side as it should that I just, I don't think the creative, I keep using the term, the continuity is going to be there. I don't think they're going to be able to maintain that continuity through such seismic shifts. Yeah. Well, well, we'll see. And having Vince work remotely, everybody seems to be happier this mm-hmm. way, right? Everybody seems to be happier backstage. Still weird to me that he has like any say over people's booking, specifically with women, you know, like it's, it, it, it still feels to me like there should be more distance, but. I, I agree, but also if he's remote, I could see there is there is a kind of um, there is there is a kind of like karma to the idea that now he's stuck on a Zoom call that they can mute at any point. You know what I mean? Like, yes, Vince is making calls remotely, but unless unless they've built him some kind of like special software that he has control of, like. Someone in gorilla position is able to mute him. Someone's able to hang up on him. Someone's able to be like, "Oh man, sorry, the Wi-Fi dipped out." Uh, like, he's not at, he's there, but he's not there. And so, like, I I almost I almost feel like it's a step in the right direction if it's not even if it's not the biggest step in the world. Yeah. And by the way, if you want a really good look at Vince McMahon, uh, there is a six part series right now called uh, "Behind the Bastards." I'd never heard of this podcast. Had everybody tweeting me, texting me about this thing. I don't know if you've been listening to it at all, Ross, but a lot of stuff I didn't know. A lot of stuff I know. A lot of stuff mm-hmm. I didn't know. Uh, definitely worth your your time if you if you like podcasts. Obviously, I got che- yeah, I got to check that out. I'm behind on all my podcasts. It's it's interesting, right? It's very well researched. Um, PWInsider.com reporting: Braun Strowman's going to be out of a- is currently out of action with an unknown injury. He suffered a concussion back in April. He was cleared to wrestle a couple weeks later. He had two matches before going down with this injury. And that would probably explain why Ricochet is in the Money in the Bank singles position right now uh, if Braun's going to be away for a while. So we don't know what's going on with Braun. Um, Damn shame, go. too, because him and Ricochet, like, had really found a groove in that tag team. Like, I, I, I'm i kind of disappointed to see that kind of scuttled so quickly now that Braun's injured. Because I don't know, what you, what you think of, of Ricochet and Braun? I thought that, I thought they were a fun time. I, yeah, they were having a good time, right? Just like white meat baby faces, not a lot of promos, just like all action in the ring. You got yeah. the athleticism, you got the strong man. Big guy, I, flippy guy. You don't you don't get a more, you know, bread and butter uh combo than that. I thought the sh- I thought the men's tag team showcase match at WrestleMania was a lot of fun. And yeah. I think Braun 
keeping his mouth shut and having fun in the ring is probably the best thing for him, right? Like, amen. <laughs> he doesn't tweet. He doesn't tweet a whole lot anymore. He doesn't talk a lot anymore. He just kind of goes out and he has a big smile and he runs around. And he's a big choo choo train. I'm okay with that, Braun. You know, yep. so it's my kind of Braun. Money in the Bank picture is gonna be interesting this year. A foregone conclusion. You think that Cody Cody wins the thing or no? I don't know. I I almost feel like it's such a foregone conclusion that Cody's got to lose it. Like I. I kind of enjoy the idea of Cody Rhodes being WWE's biggest loser right now. He's like his dad. Cause that was, that was Dusty's whole thing is he gets this close and then he, he doesn't get it for whatever reason. Maybe it's a good reason. Maybe it's a bad reason, but he's always like this close. Cody's thrown the, the challenge to Brock saying like, Hey, show up any place, anytime. And Lesnar's shown up in money in the bank matches before. Yeah. So like, I, I, I don't know. I don't think it. I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that Cody wins it. I'm waiting until the rest of the, the 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 Money in the Bank picture takes shape to really make that call. Because right now, I see Brock pulling Cody out of the uh, out of the running. Okay. Yeah. Fair. Costs him. Yeah. Just mauls him. Takes him out of Money in yeah. the Bank, and then they finish the thing at SummerSlam in some way. Okay. Well, and like, and and like, I don't know. It feels like Cody's a little bulletproof right now. He loses at WrestleMania, gets cheered big time at Backlash. Sneaks out the win at Backlash, gets cheered big time at Night of Champions. Like it really feels like they can do no wrong with him right now. And so let take us on that journey, break our heart over and over again. You know who I would love to see win Money in the Bank? Who is Dominic Mysterio? That would be great. That would be so great. (laughs) Can you imagine? I'm I'm a big I'm a big supporter of Dominic Mysterio right now. I think he's I think he's got it. He's got it. He's got Spunk. He's got Moxie. He's got me saying all those old Hollywood types. Take whatever heat he's getting now, which is massive heat, and have him just hold that briefcase up. Like, I could be champion anytime I wanted. More heat than you could possibly imagine. Nuclear meltdown heat. I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something. Oh, boy. And this is, this is going to be the kind of thing that I just... I didn't think when I came on here I would be saying this, but because it's all snowballed. I already talked about how uh, there is no long-term plan in WWE right now. Fuck it. Dominic should beat Roman. Oh, you think you would yep. go that far? I would I would have Dominic beat Roman. I would have Roman get the belt right back. <sighs> right back. So that way Roman can do this whole thing of like, I never, I never lo- I look, it was a blip. It was a it was nothing. It didn't happen. <sighs> He's delusional enough you can make that work. And then Dominic's always able to hold that. I think for you're the mad, rest man. of his life. I, think that's I am. No, I'm absolutely insane thing you just said. I'm absolutely a madman, but you know what? Vince McMahon's working on Zoom right now, and the the roster has been completely <laughs> shredded by the draft. Screw it. Let's get mad. Let's get crazy. Let's let's I, make I, let's make some stars, baby. He's the perfect foil for Seth Rollins. I don't want to overthink that. Those two would work great together. I don't. <laughs> they're on the same brand. Like why yeah. even move Dom to do anything with Roman? Roman is fine. Roman does not need to have any, the drama and the bloodline is better than any days of our lives episode that has ever been <laughs> pinned to paper. I'm getting, I'm, I'm, I'm one of those people that's getting a little weary on the bloodline, which is why I, again, I'm like, I don't know. We need, we need to, we need to insert. We need to shock the system a little bit here. Cause it's just getting, it's, it's too. See, it's it's too much of the same at this point for me. I just here's the thing. I've been waiting for an angry Roman Reigns for a mm-hmm. while, and we're gonna get it. And I'm gonna see what an unchained angry Roman Reigns looks like th- t- tomorrow night on SmackDown. I'm excited to see it because he ha- he's like always so like 
controlled, right? Mm-hmm. And like, I am tired of that. I've been waiting for somebody to shake his cage, and this Friday is going to be wild, man. I'm pretty excited yeah. about it. So, all right, last item here before we wrap it up. Uh, e online, E news. They talked to Alexa Bliss and Ryan Cabrera, who confirmed to them that they are pregnant. They are expecting their first child together. Uh, and for what it's worth, Fightful is saying there were no creative plans for Bliss before this announcement that she was pregnant. So it's not like her pregnancy is going to throw any plans they had into disarray, which is odd to me because I thought Bray was coming back. And the last thing that he was doing was like a tease with Bliss at the Rumble. But I don't know, man. I, I, Bray Wyatt's situation is by far the weirdest thing in pro wrestling at the moment for me. Oh, it's, it's bizarre in ways that I could not have imagined when they first brought him back. Because uh, oh. don't get me wrong, I, I I can be a cynical bastard from time to time. And so when they brought him back, I was like, all right, let's see how this goes. But even my cold, cold heart could not imagine the weirdness that was in store for Bray Wyatt. A bunch of nonsensical promos. One match, which I admit looked cool. I, don't, I know no one liked it, but it looked cool. And then he's just gone. Uh if if it really is true that he was that you know they were they were teasing him and Bliss maybe doing something down the line it's just even funnier that Bliss and Cabrera uh, uh, have stumbled into this this bundle of joy uh, I'm thrilled for them they they seem like a lovely couple I'm I'm thrilled that they're going to be having a kid and I'm chuckling at the fact that they they just can't seem to do anything with this Bray return they no, just, like it's just it's it's been cursed cursed, cursed from the cursed. jump. Cursed. And man, if that's not like, I don't know. I'm, I'm the guy who's excited for AEW penal colony. So like, I'm also very excited about the fact that like, we, we don't know how cursed Bray Wyatt is at this point. They could bring him back for an even worse run at this rate. All right, everybody. Well, we'll wrap it up there for today. Uh, what a wonderful time it was here in house of wrestling today. Um, before uh, I kick everybody out, Ross, anything you want to plug, promote, put over before we, uh, uh, RossBerman.bandcamp.com uh, at RossWBermanIV on all those uh, social media situations. All right. Well, thanks for dropping in, everybody, today. Uh, next week, I'll be back Tuesday. I'm going to be joined by Comic Books' Connor Casey. And next Thursday, I'll be joined by the one and only Cameron Hawkins, a.k.a. Seahawk, who has been doing, I mean, yeah, some of the- my favorite work in the business has been Seahawk the past couple of years. That's so, that's a that's a good week, Connor and Connor and Seahawk in the same week. You're gonna you're yeah, gonna have dude. some fun. Oh, everything is running on all cylinders here. And end your week with us over on the House of Wrestling podcast feed. Uh, I should have Blue Meanie tomorrow. There's a slim chance I might get a huge name that I would like to drop tomorrow, but I, it's not feeling like it's gonna happen. But we'll see. Regardless, tomorrow big things on the podcast feed. All right, everybody, grab your shoes, grab your hats, grab your coats. Thanks for coming in. You're welcome back anytime.